As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. The leadership that Ted Phillips has displayed has been extraordinary. It is yet another example of why our family has so much faith in him as the Bears' president and CEO. I hurt myself today. I'm particularly grateful for Ted's steady hand. To see if I still feel. When the team faced adversity, I focus on the pain. During this past season, the only thing that's real. And as he and I went through the needle tears a hole. The end of season evaluation process. The old familiar sting. We had vigorous discussions. Try to kill it all away. Over the course of several weeks. But I remember everything. Those conversations, as well as regular meetings. What have I become? With Ryan and Matt, including this week. My sweetest friend. Have been candid and constructive everyone I know and have culminated in the decisions we're sharing with you today. In the Ryan and Matt are men of character. They are both, like Ted, all. outstanding leaders. I've been most My impressed with how well they collaborate. I was impressed with both of them this past season. I will let you down. Especially during the six-game losing streak. I will make all four of us want what's best for the Bears. There are no egos. There are no other agendas. You stay the hell away from me, you hear? Have mistakes been made? Yes. I wear this crown of thorns. But I think both Ryan and Matt are learning and growing in their roles. Before turning it over to Ted, I want to take a moment to tell Bears fans, we understand your frustration. We're frustrated too. And it would be a perfectly natural reaction to say, back up the truck, major overhaul, whatever you want to call it. After one particularly dispiriting loss this season, a season ticket holder sent me an email that read, fire somebody, we deserve better. I get it. You deserve your Bears being winners. The decisions we're announcing today may not be the easiest or most popular, but we believe they're the best decisions for the Bears. My sweetest friend. Well, 
There it is, Bears fans. Everybody's coming back. Adam Johns, you were right. Oh, don't say that. They're going to come after me on Twitter again. Well, somebody did yesterday said this was all your fault for just reporting, uh, breaking the Matt Nagy got hired story three years ago. I just broke the news. I didn't. Nope. You made it. You made the the news. Yeah, I I hired him myself. I was down at the Raphael Hotel. Was that where it was in Kansas City? Good memory. Yes. We had steaks at. Oh, I can't remember the restaurant. Um, But I flew in my wife, too, for that steak dinner, and I hired Matt Nagy there. It's my fault. It's my fault. I also made the decisions today. Right. You did everything. You said everybody was coming back. You decided everybody was coming back, and now everybody's mad at you. This is this is all your fault. Now, honestly, um, I I think we're gonna hand. You know what? It brings us to this podcast because we're gonna try to handle this pot this press conference that happened today better than how the Bears handled it. Which, oh my lord, this was what a day! I. I this was a lose-lose situation, I think, based on the decisions that were made. It would have been very, very hard for them to come out of the Zoom press conference with a victory. But it could have been better. Yeah. It, it definitely could have been better. They were never going to win this press conference, but they lost it like they were playing the Packers or something like that. Like it... It, it there, there's a lot to, di- to digest that I think really set off the fan base today in, in many different ways. There, I'll tell you exactly when they lost the, the press conference. It was early. It was in Georgia's opening statement, like we just played, and it was the moment. Yes, it was r- the very first thing you heard there. It was the moment where he went from, which was a, a smart way of opening, by talking about the pandemic. And wishing the best to all the fans out there that have dealt with COVID-19. Everybody out there who's dealt with it. The people who have died. And the healthcare workers that have been fighting this battle throughout the year. And he then gave Andre Tucker, the trainer, special mention. I mean, it was a good start. And then it went... <laughs> because at that point, everyone's still thinking... Well, there's still maybe a possibility that Ted Phillips is going to retire here. Didn't know. And then it went to the leadership that Ted Phillips has displayed during the pandemic has been extraordinary. And I fired off a text right there to one of my colleagues, and I said, this is going to be the Bears' biggest loss of the year. I Good. It's good. That, I'm, that yeah, was yeah, yeah. within the first couple minutes of the press conference. I could, it was that obvious that what was about to happen. What I felt, and I texted the, to, to the Fishman, our Kevin Fishman, our colleague here at the Athletic. I'm like, oh my gosh, they're going to announce extensions for these guys. That's how. That's, that's what I felt like with everything they were saying. That ended up being my first question over Zoom to George McCaskey. Like everything you just said, like. You, you keep saying you're announcing decisions. You haven't announced these decisions like officially. What are you saying? Like, what are these decisions? What, what, what's what going is on? happening here? Tell me what is happening here. We need like, some clarification. Like right off the bat, I'm like, what is happening here? Like, where where are we going with this? We were all Akeem Hicks at 11:30 last night when he tweeted, "Does anybody know what's happening?" Because people didn't. I mean, people didn't know. Everybody was in the dark. Okay, so a lot to get to. We're gonna break it all down, but. 
I think this is the first time we've ever done this for a press conference. I think we opened up the voicemail line after the Cleo Mac trade, which might be the only time we've done it for a non-game. Maybe, I bet you we've done it during the NFL draft before. But I don't think we've just done it after a press conference that randomly happened in the offseason. And technically, we are in the offseason now. Um, but we did today. Because it's very, very obvious that fans are upset. They have a right to be upset. And quite frankly, your voices are the ones that matter right now with what happened today. So we opened up the voicemail line. You guys called in. We wanted to hear what you guys had to say. And this is it. Hello? Do you know who this is? Oh, you didn't know? Your ass better call somebody! Hogan John's voicemail. The Hogan John's voicemail line. Believe it or not, George isn't at home. Please leave a message at the beep. Got any questions or comments about the Bears? Give the guys a call before, after, or even during the game. Go Bears! Guys, I feel worse today than I do after like a loss. Like how how can they sit there? And literally say the things they just said. Thank you guys and thank you to your colleagues for actually calling them out on all the BS that they've just spit in our face for the past 15 years when nothing's ever done. Whatever. What the hell is going on? We are the laughing stock of the NFL. People are laughing at Ted Phillips. They're laughing at Ryan Pace. They're laughing at Matt Nagy. What are we doing? I gotta say, it's, a, it's quite a big shame that they are accepting mediocrity as success. Wow. The only silver lining to this is he's going to have to be aggressive now and go after a quarterback. So come on down to Sean and Dak. Go Bears. How is it the Bears brass spends days upon days? Evidently, I don't know what they were talking about, but clearly they weren't discussing how they should approach this press conference. Worst press conference in Chicago sports history. Stupefied that they can trot out a six-game losing streak as a reason to bring people back like 30 times during a press conference. We'll probably rinse and repeat this time next year, same exact shit. I found out I had COVID today. Somehow that's not the worst. I can't believe they're not making any changes. Please. Like Albert Einstein said, doing the same thing over and over again is insanity. So I literally had to turn that press conference off. I mean, I understood going in that Pace and Nagy were not going to be held accountable and they would be back next year. But for Phillips to be back since 1999, he hasn't done anything. The weirdest thing is, like, why would they say how long Pace and Nagy are signed for? I don't really have anything, honestly, at this point. It's just shocking. Like, to hear Phillips say that this is the culture that every team tries to emulate? No, I, I certainly don't think so. What the hell did I just listen to, guys? And culture? You want to talk about culture? This is unbelievable. I mean, they need to clean house. Ryan Pace, like, every word he said just drip with complete insincerity. This guy has no idea what he's doing. I understand that the Bears probably think, oh, we can't find a new general manager. We're only going to get the scraps. At this point, I'd rather have the scraps than this guy. What we just saw in that press conference was embarrassing and insulting as a Bears fan. Did this dude really go up there 
and say everything that you want in a successful organization besides wins and losses is there, what a joke. I can't wait for another great season of real, authentic collaboration and getting the shit beat out of us by Green Bay once again 2021. Hey, this is Joe behind the cheese curtain. Just wanted to call in and say that this should be a day for celebration. I thought Bozo the Clown went off the air years ago, but they brought it back today, didn't they? Oh, God, somebody had me. Adam, Adam, one thing is abundantly clear. Ted Phillips isn't going anywhere ever. Bear down. Mediocrity. That's all this franchise ever will be. Never bad enough to get a good quarterback. Oh, well, when we did, we took Mitch Trubisky. Management, can we just fire the McCaskies, please? Bears chairman George McCaskie said I was impressed with both of them. If that's a level for being impressed, what are we, the Bengals? I'm just wondering, is it even worse being a Bears fan anymore? They don't tell us anything that we want to know. I'm just so defeated. I don't even know what to do anymore. Insanity. Something utterly foolish or unreasonable. The state of the McCaskey family. This is insane, boys. Insane. Drink a lot of coffee, stay safe, and you got to be kidding me. The load of crap that came out of this press conference today. Not only could you smell it, but you could hear the flies buzzing with crap with, oh, you're breaking up. I, I'm having trouble on either my end or your end. What a joke. What a f***ing joke these clowns are. What a load of crap. This is your boy City Bear from the West Burbs. Let me tell you, that had to be more entertaining than watching the Bears lose to the Saints. Great press conference, great coverage. Bear down. So, here's the reality. The Bears insulted their fans today. You heard it right there. That's what happened. There's no debating that. That happened today. And that's a that's a problem. No. <laughs> I know we're going to get into this in the second part of the show. I, I feel like there's certain things they could have said better. I feel like they could have expressed more fault, blame, accepted more blame. Accountability is always a buzzword in the NFL circles. Like maybe express more accountability for what's ahead. Like, I'm not surprised Ryan Pace and Matt Nagy are back. To be honest, neither, I don't think... Neither am I. Yeah, no, no one should be. Uh, I think it's just the messaging that, that that took place that seems to... Like, I let me articulate this better. I, I, there was nothing they could have said today that I think would have appeased the masses. But they could have thrown them a bone every now and then by having more messages of accountability, having more messages of fault blame. Heck, they could have swore and say, we, we, we fucked up here or there. Like, I, I feel like Bears fans would have all nodded their head and said, thank you. Yes, you did. Now let's try to get better. That's exactly what they could have done better today, Johns. The funny thing about that is, at one point, Ted Phillips said, when, I think it was when I asked him about why, when he made that ridiculous comment about how other NFL franchises are envy of their culture... And I asked him why, essentially. That's when he went in his whole spiel, and he talked about how no egos, admit when you're wrong, learn from your mistakes. They had multiple opportunities, though, to admit their what they did wrong, to take more accountability. And all they chose to do was to say 8-8's eight eight's not good enough. 
and we haven't done a good enough job. What specifically? Like when Ted Phillips says, you can ask Ryan Pace what he's learned, and then Ryan Pace is directly asked what he learned from drafting Mitch Trubisky over Patrick Mahomes and Sean Watson, and he dodged the question. That's the type of messaging that went wrong today. Was there any scenario in which they would have won the press conference? Probably not. But here is the headline. The headline is, at least their goal should have been, and I'm talking mostly about George McCaskey and Ted Phillips. We need to, when this press conference is over, we need to give the Bears fan base a reason for them to trust us and at least get the chance to prove that we're making the right decision here. When it was over, any trust that was left got eroded. And as you just heard from our own callers, and by the way, these aren't dumb sports radio callers you hear. These guys that call in our podcast are smart football fans. They're true diehards that watch every minute of every game and know these rosters inside and out. These are smart callers. And they take shots here and there, and they're fun, but it's part of the fun that everybody's having. But those people you just heard are the smart fans that truly represent the Bears, and they're insulted. They're insulted. That's why today went so wrong. You didn't have to win the press conference, but you didn't have to insult the fan base. They left everybody more angry. Um, the media a bit more baffled. And, and to your point on fandom, I know it's a playoff, the word fanatic and whatnot, but fans have gotten smarter. There is more information out there for consumption. It's consu- First of all, the information is consumed differently. It's more spontaneous than ever. There are film experts and former players on Twitter now. Um, there are more f- former players in the media than ever. There's a lot of great X's and O's out there. There's advanced stats that fans turn to a lot. Heck, we're not like we turn to them to a lot, and fans do the same. They're all out there for your own dis- for your own consumption. And you're you're right. I, I feel like the anger is. It's grown. It's 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 expected, um, and uh, yeah, it just it was just more gasoline. Just kind of like like every five minutes during this whole ninety minutes, I just felt like, oh, that sounded okay. Well, here's a little bit more gasoline. That sounded okay. Let me dump half a gallon of gasoline on this conversation. Now there there just seemed to be a lot of. Let's just say they could have done a lot better today. Yeah, I mean, it's what, and, and I think that's. I just want to make that very clear. And it sounds like you're on the same page as me, Johns. If their response to, like, if just for example, what we're saying right now is, well, nobody was going to be happy with us bringing them back. And at one point, George even admitted, like, this is not the popular move. We understand that. But sometimes the most popular move isn't the right move. I agree with that logic. And I actually sit here tonight. I'm not against the move of bringing Ryan Pace and Matt Nagy back. I've been very, very clear on that. I think it's a risky thing to go down the road of constantly firing people, hiring them. Stability matters in the NFL. And I still have some optimism, specifically with Matt Nagy, still 42 years old, does not have a losing season. It has not been a great ride. His offense needs to improve. We understand that. But he has shown some true head coaching qualities. So to me, this isn't about the moves that were made. That's where... I thought we were going to have a podcast today where that's sort of what the debate was. And it was probably going to be maybe 60% people against bringing those guys back, maybe 40% seeing it from both sides and understanding that maybe it's okay. 
That would have been a hell. What happened today was 100% of the franchise being pissed off. That's why, to me, I just want to make this very clear. To me, it's not about the moves. It's about how they were presented today and the things that were said to the fan base. That's the problem. And they said a lot. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Okay, Johns, let's start with the opening statement, because this is where I, I said earlier, I thought, things, I thought things went wrong early. Here's what I would not do. I might avoid, avoid mentioning Ted Phillips at all and wait till somebody asked me about him, because if George hadn't brought him up, it probably would have been a question asked about you know your faith in him and, and whatever, but to just come... To shift from all the good things that people did with the coronavirus and then uh, talk about how you still, and, and the direct quote was, it is yet another example of why our family has so much faith in him as the Bears president and CEO, which you were talking about earlier about just like dumping fuel on the fire. Yeah. That was like the moments like, here we go. This is where if you're going to start hitting all the points that fans don't want to hear that was number one that's where it started so i think i would have just avoided that topic altogether you know he's going to be brought up you know he's going to be asked about in terms of his current role and or every time we have these press conferences there's always a question about structure and who's reporting to whom and whatnot right like you know he's gonna be brought up like history says ted phillips and his current job description and role is going to be brought up so yes to use the word extraordinary like you mentioned fuel on the fire that's like throwing the gas can in the fire especially in the current landscape because i think everybody knows the stats again it's it's how we consume sports information right now like almost instantaneously on twitter is the stats of ted phillips's career like the football success since he took over in 1999 I know him, so I can I can repeat him like right now. It, it's five division titles, six playoff exper- uh, appearances, and a whole lot of wins for the Packers. <laughs> a lot of quarterbacks, two for the Packers. It, it's just that wasn't going to play well. It just wasn't. Right. <sighs> Whatever. Okay, we addressed that part. All right, <laughs> on to Ryan Pace and Matt Nagy because this obviously had to be the opening statement. You've made the decision now if you're George McCaskey to bring those guys back. This is something that can be defended. It didn't have to be as ugly as it was today. It can be defended. So let's go back. You heard this off the top of the podcast where he said, 
Ryan and Matt are men of character. They're both like Ted, outstanding leaders. Okay, would have brought up the character. Again, would not have mentioned Ted. He continues, I've been most impressed with how well they collaborate. I was impressed with both of them this past season, especially during the six-game losing streak. I know what he's trying to say. This isn't how you start. This is not what you lead with. Yeah. Okay, maybe we're just journalists here, but like, if you're trying to make an argument, you don't start with that. If it comes up, and absolutely, it's on the list of pros. So on the list of cons is you had a six-game losing streak. On the list of pros is how the team battled out of that, never pointed fingers and and didn't turn on each other. That's absolutely a positive. You don't lead with that. Here's what I would have said. I would have said in the case of Matt Nagy, and I would have led with him because I think the argument's easier with Nagy. In the case of Matt Nagy, after three seasons, he has yet to have a losing season. He's made the playoffs twice. And at this moment, he's tied with Lovey Smith, third in winning percentage in our franchise's history amongst coaches that have made it at least three years. And we think where that was Lovey's finishing winning percentage Matt has shown us the characteristics to improve that winning percentage going forward. And that's why we think, as a young head coach, he will continue to grow and get better. And we like his leadership. And in the case of Ryan Pace, who's been here for six years, yes, he has made some mistakes. And that starts with the quarterback position. And we know that we have to get better at that position. But we believe that together, Pace and Nagy can get us there this year. And we believe that Ryan has shown us in other areas on the roster that he is the right man to be the general manager. And that starts with the defense. He inherited one of the worst defenses this franchise has ever had. The worst. And after three years turn that defense into the league's best in the fourth season, I guess it would be just to be completely accurate. He traded for Khalil Mack, which has been a success. And we believe that type of commitment to improving the Bears roster is what we need. That's what I would have said. I wouldn't have been brought up eight, six, whatever the losing streak was. Like what? So it's you're bringing gonna, it, hard fact, actual numbers. You can go into like roster decisions or, or the numbers of like who was on the 53-man roster in 2015, bring up 2018, 2019. You could do all sorts of different things. This is the opening form. statement. He's yes, reading off a script at this point. Yeah. Oh, yeah. This all stuff that could be right there in front of you. You don't bring up the six-game losing streak. This is why I just get back to with the messaging. And then if at some point you want to get to how there there are no egos and how they don't point fingers and all that, that's great. But that would have been a follow-up. After you list all the good things, one of the follow-ups would have been, well, what about the losing? What about the six-game losing streak? Why why you know, why are you not looking at it? Because that would have been a fair question that a reporter would have brought up. And then that's where I would have said, well, look, the goal is to not have any more six-game losing streaks. I want to make that very clear. But one of the reasons why we don't think we're going to have more six-game losing streaks is because of the way the team dug out of that. 
and stayed together and did not point fingers. And we believe that Matt Nagy's leadership was a big reason why they bounced back from that and won three games in a row. And then you could get into all the things they said about what Pace started to say. I mean, you could have started it yourself about the young players. I know Darnell Mooney was mentioned. Poor Darnell Mooney. What was the joke on Twitter? Save Ryan Pace's job? No, no, it's it's more than that. It's like it's Roquan Smith, right? Heck, maybe even a little Sam Mustafer. There's other players involved here. Jalen Johnson. Don't forget the first half of his rookie season. There's other players you can mention as, as building, building blocks. The, the Bears actually have strung together, um, at least in my opinion, some decent drafts. Like David Montgomery. Mention the stats of David Montgomery, the guy that was just traded up for. Like one of six running backs, right? In the league, did it reach 1,000 yards? Yeah. Finished fifth in rushing. The guy you traded up for in the third <laughs> round. That's my point. I mean, there's and I did. I was on TV tonight. I did the same thing. There, there's. It's not actually that hard to make an argument for these guys. They're not terrible at their jobs. They're really not terrible. It hasn't been great. There's certainly on the other side things to complain about. The quarterback selection being the most obvious. And by the way, in the NFL, that is a fireable offense. So if that side of the argument wants to be out there, it absolutely is part of it. But there, there's a, there's a counter-argument that can be made, and they just did such a bad job of making that argument. It boggles my mind. I think where it really became confounding, in a sense, is when they started to... or where they refused to elaborate on the contract lengths of... Their employees. Yes. Like I don't know why that became like something to put your foot on, like or, or like plant your flag down and like draw a line in the sand on. Like like why is the contract length of your general manager and head coach such a secret? It's my understanding, and I put this on Twitter because I wrote about it a couple of years ago. Is that Matt Nagy still has two years left in his contract, and Ryan Pace has one. Put that in a Sun Times story two years ago. Mm-hmm. To the best of my knowledge, to this day at six fifty six, on January thirteenth, I think it's still that way. Two for Nagy, one for Pace. So why not just say that? I don't get it. it all that does is lead to speculation. It made people more angry. But it, but but this gets back to the T word that I brought up: trust. Your whole goal in this press conference should have been to try to earn more trust from your fans. This was the number one thing that happened in the press conference that should make fans not trust them. See, and I think it put Ryan Pace in an almost awkward spot because you know him and Matt Nagy were listening to what Ted Phillips and George McCaskey were saying, right? Right. He didn't want to answer the question because... Now he's like, what Like what? What the fuck what am I supposed to say? <laughs> yeah. I agree with you on that. I think it put... I, I, I It put... But I, I'm glad. I'm not gonna lie. I was gonna ask him. I w- it had to be asked again, and I was gonna ask it. Hub took the, you know, yeah. took the fall by doing it. Hub Arkish, and he did a. He probably he did actually did a better job of asking it than I would have. And it honestly felt kind of unfair. It had to be asked, but it felt unfair to ask, which I'm sure is why Hub asked it the way he did because it put Ryan in a tough position. I totally agree. I get maybe why. Maybe does it help recruit players? Whatever. You know what helps recruit players? Winning and lots of money. 
<laughs> but the, the, you can the, make this work. But it, it just it was baffling. The only logical reason for not being transparent about that, especially when you've been transparent about this, this has been something that they've publicly talked about and made public in the past. Not the money, but the length of years. And all it does is invite speculation that you extended Ryan Pace and were too embarrassed to tell anybody about it. And I don't, again, I'm with you. I, as far as I know, I know what you, what you said. And I don't know that they've extended Can I say him. something like, since we're on this subject, I don't think it would have been that bad of an idea to, to give Ryan Pace an extra year. Just, 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 just hear me out. Because right now, as it sets up, you have a GM who is in a, in a complete make-or-break year. That leads to all sorts of different decision-making. No team wants to have their GM in a lame duck year because it affects the decision-making, does it not? So maybe they were smart enough to actually do it and they just didn't want to admit it publicly. (laughs) (laughs) Then what are we doing here? Well, that's what I mean. Why are we having this? The fact that we have to have this conversation is part of the problem. What are we doing here? I don't know. I don't know. (laughs) But like, like, again, like we believe in what he can build. We saw what he did with the defense. We like Jalen Johnson. Cole Clement really came in strong at the end. He led all rookie tight ends in receiving and catches. The next thing I wanted to get on, Ted Phillips saying, claiming that the Bears have the exact right culture that all teams strive for. This is part of the problem. The Bears have a good culture. When it comes to respect and good people. But they do not yet have a winning football culture. Which is really what matters. And I feel like they are too in love with having good people around. That it sometimes gets in the way of winning. And this is a tough thing for all football teams to figure out. The balance between having the right character throughout your roster, throughout your organization, and yet still having enough talent, right, to win. The right the people that actually know how to win football games. So this was the next question I want to address. Cause I followed I, I honestly couldn't believe Ted said that. And I followed up with him and I said, Okay, we understand that you have good people that you like in the organization. That has been made perfectly clear by so many people. When is that culture going to result in winning more football games? And why do you think, as you said, teams envy your culture? Because that was a hard sell. And he started to go into a thing about when you look at what makes successful organizations besides wins and losses, it's the people that you have. That's one of the things because I, I drove all the way downtown and back today. I've been listening to the radio. That, that quote has been something that has been fixated on today by fans and media. Because the way that should have been answered is, well, we feel like a big stepping stone to getting that winning culture is having the people who can put their egos down, which is how Ted phrased it, and having the good people that they have. But, We also understand that at the end of the day, it's the wins and losses that matter. And so we feel like we have laid the foundation. But as you heard our quarterback say at the end of the last game of the season, 
We understand that our culture is not perfect yet, and we are striving to get there, and we feel like we have the pieces in place to get there. That's how you answer that question. You don't say what matters besides winning and losing. Because the wins and losses are what matter at the end of the day. That's what matters. Unless apparently you're the Bears. Because when you have the president and CEO give that answer that you that I just read off to you, it sends the wrong message. It sends the wrong message that mediocrity is okay. You know what I thought of when he was saying all that? I thought of Phil Emery, Mark Tressman, Jay Cutler, Brandon Marshall, Martellus Bennett, Crazy interactions with guys in the locker room. Bizarre press conferences. Like, I, that's, that's what I thought of. Yeah. And I'm sure Ted Phillips was thinking of it, too. So just say it. We all remember that era. That's why Ryan Pace is here, right? Yeah. He changed that culture. Again, it, it's more examples you could have used more examples of accountability. We learn from our mistakes. Yep. We effed up. Remember Mark Tressman? Remember all that that happened? We learned. That was not a good culture. Some good players. Awful culture. This is different. Again, more examples you could have used. And I think fans would have been okay with it. Like, oh, yeah. That was awful. <laughs> like, I, they want to hear these guys say they screwed up. They do. You're, you're absolutely right. You could have, you could have brought up that era, and said, "Hey, look that that was George and me together. That those were our first moves, and those were mistakes. And our culture went the wrong way. And we feel like one of the reasons why we want to keep Ryan Pace around here is because of all the good things he's done to improve that culture. But we also understand that we have not created a winning culture yet." So now the goal is to find that balance. There's your answer. That's what you should have said. If you're like me, you believe there needs to be more stylish, functional, business, casual men's wear that is both high quality and durable that can withstand your day. I'm talking about maybe hanging out in the press box, watching the game later with your friends, maybe getting a quick nine holes in. That's why men's closets were due for a radical reinvention and Roan stepped up to the challenge. Roan's commuter collection is the most comfortable, breathable, and truly versatile set of products known to man. They have products for every occasion. We're talking about the world's most comfortable pants, dress shirts, quarter zips, polos, and blazers. They look great as individual pieces, maybe with a Hogan Johns polo or quarter zip, but they also work seamlessly together. Roan's signature four-way stretch fabric is breathable, flexible, works everywhere from your commute to work to the 19th hole. It's time for unparalleled confidence without all the hassle. Roan's commuter collection features wrinkle-release technology and is 100% machine washable. Looking good is that easy. The commuter collection can get you through any workday and straight into whatever comes next. Head to roan.com slash Adam and use promo code Adam to save 20% off your entire order. That's 20% off your entire order when you head to rhone.com slash Adam and use code Adam. It's time to find your corner office comfort. Adam, I don't know how you felt about what was said about or what wasn't, what was said and what wasn't said about the quarterback situation. But to me... The the way they didn't talk about Mitchell Trubisky as opposed to everything they said 
in response to my question about Nick Foles, that felt significant to me. Telling, almost. Indicative of where they're probably going this offseason with things. How did you feel? Yeah, I felt like today, maybe not confirmed completely, but I feel like there's a greater chance that Mitch Trubisky's playing elsewhere than maybe I felt this morning before this press conference happened. But really, the moment we learned that Matt Nagy was coming back, I felt like there's the more and more I've thought about this and processed this and thought about things Mitch has said, they're just not on the same page, right? They're not, they're not vibing. No, <laughs> just to put it simple, Matt Nagy, Mitch Trubisky, it's it's just not working. And so maybe if you you had made a change and you're bringing in a different coach and a different offense. That opens the door to Mitch coming back, but yeah, I, I don't, I don't feel very optimistic about him coming back. The more and more I think about this, and the thing about Nick Foles is, you're kind of stuck with him. You know, there's still guaranteed money on his deal. It's actually relatively cheap for a backup quarterback. I think his base salary is four million next year, but it's enough over the next two years that you can't cut him. No one's gonna want to trade for him at this point again. So there's a very good chance that Nick Foles is going to be on this team next year and Mitch Trubisky is not. And then it's a matter of who's going to be in here to compete with Foles. Yeah. And I think it's going to be a veteran. I feel like if... So one of my questions that got kind of lost in the, we'll call it the Zoom multiverse, whatever you want to call it. Like I was asking George McCaskey, like what happens if these guys take a young quarterback? Like how does that change your evaluations? Because quarterbacks can do that, right? Mm-hmm. It's usually more than a one-year evaluation, especially if you draft a guy. George's answer to my question about how this changes the evaluation, like how does one year a one-year evaluation become a multi-year evaluation? I'm not sure I understand your question. We have an evaluation process that's conducted at the end of each season. We take the individual's body of work and make a determination as best we can based on that body of work, whether that relationship should continue. So if Ryan Pace truly does have one year on his deal, and Ryan and Matt Nagy is connected to Ryan Pace, it, it just all points to a veteran quarterback. Does it not like all, all, all the signs are there? I don't know who that's going to be. Things can change. New GMs are being hired. New coaches are being hired. Maybe that's Matthew Stafford, your guy. Maybe that's Matt Ryan. Make that my guy, I guess. Like, all sorts of things can happen here, but if these guys are going to hitch themselves to any quarterback, I don't think it could be Nick Foles. I don't think they could talk themselves into that. Can't, like, why would you do that? If this is your really like your last stand? Like Again, how do you sell that to the fan base? How do you sell that to yourself? Yeah, that's a good point. Let me ask you this. So, you say veteran. I could ask you who that would be, but regardless of whatever your answer is, it's not anybody great. Because you could just look at the free agent list. Mitch is towards the top. (laughs) The great irony of this, isn't it? Right? So, yeah. The point I'm trying to make is, whoever you bring in there, how does that win you enough football games next year to save your job? You see what I'm going to get at? This is why I think a bigger move at quarterback happens. I think that they put Ryan Pace in a situation where he has no choice but to make another splash. 
Because at this point, especially after what happened today, what is enough for them to save their jobs next year? This sort of feels like when Lovey Smith was in 2012 with the new GM, I remember going into, remember week 17, they had a chance to make the playoffs. And I think I wrote, and I think I said at the time, making the playoffs isn't going to save his job. He needs to win a couple games. They ended up winning in week 17, but they didn't get the help they needed like they did this year. And they didn't make the playoffs at 10 and 6, and he was gone. So what is enough to save their jobs a year from now? When we're having this podcast a year from now, and if you don't win like, what, 11 games at least? Or win a couple playoff games? You better have a young, good-looking quarterback that you acquired or traded for that has this, this, the franchise looking up. I would say, since this is the hypothetical we're going down, they had a 9-7 and seven record with a young quarterback, let's say, Mac Jones who was showing signs of progress, came on late in the season, played well, that may lead to the extension or two. That's why, I say, that's why I'm saying you got to make the move. Yeah. A lot of times, drafting young quarterbacks can buy you some time. And But yeah, George McCaskey really didn't make it sound that way. But then what are we doing here again? Like, yes. they, this, yes. Isn't this all just set up for everybody getting fired next year? Then what are we doing here? I, um, I don't... And that's part of the problem. Were you surprised that Ryan Pace did not go into detail about the 2017 draft? I, I wasn't. I know we brought it up earlier in the podcast, but I wasn't expecting him to expound on anything that happened back then, at least in this press conference. That may be a story for another setting, but today I wasn't surprised by what he said. No. I wasn't surprised either. And he's pro- part of that probably is him thinking that you know, he doesn't want to give anything away. Remember how secretive they were last time. I think they got to be looking at drafting the quarterback, moving up, using draft ammunition. If Watson's really available, he's worth three first-round picks for me. And I just use the Khalil Mack trade as an example. I mean, the thing, people love draft picks, but what if I told you that uh, the three draft picks were... Kevin White, Leonard Floyd, and who was the third? No, Mitch was the third. <laughs> Roquan Smith. That's funny. You get the point. If you're talking about first-round picks, the Bears had three for three top ten first-round picks in a row. Didn't get much out of it. So the Khalil Mack trade in hindsight, you're not 8-8 eight and eight because you traded two first-round picks for Khalil Mack. You're 8-8 eight eight because the quarterback move that you made didn't work. That's why you're 8-8. Eight and, eight. and just to ask the Raiders, they got those picks. They uh, they got a running back out of it. I forget the whole rest of the deal that they got. But guess what? They didn't make the playoffs. Are they really any better? So if you have a chance to solve the quarterback position with future draft picks... You got to do it. And again, I'll say again, I think Ryan Pace is in a position where he absolutely has no choice. And and you solve it. And there's a difference between Deshaun Watson and still the unknowns of drafting a guy. Because as much work as you put into that draft process, there's a lot of unknowns that can happen after that, man. Like, there is... 
you don't really know until you know, and you don't know until you have them in your building, like every single day. Yeah. There's an article in The Athletic somewhere about that. Ted Thompson, of all people, talking about it. Remember he drafted? Remember who he drafted? Remember who Ted Thompson drafted? Aaron Rodgers? Yeah. yeah. Playing this weekend. Wait, what? I don't understand the question. Uh, it wasn't a question. Oh, okay. No, it's just about the how you don't know what you have. There's a difference between trading up in the draft for a guy and trading for a Deshaun Watson. A known commodity. Right? Yes. A known com- com- commodity as opposed to someone you think really highly of, but you don't really know until you know, and that's when he's in your building. I mean, a good way of, of asking a question that fits what you're saying is, would you rather trade for Deshaun Watson or Trevor Lawrence right now? I mean, I think Trevor Lawrence is going to be amazing, but Deshaun Watson's already established. Yeah, I, I think I'd I think I'd make the move for Deshaun Watson, honestly. As much as I th- I've been banging the drum on Trevor Lawrence for a long time, well, there's got to be a difference between knowing a guy could do it in the league, yes, and projecting a guy could do it in the league. Yeah, we've seen so many teams strike out and fail. We've seen one team specifically, which we cover every single day, strike out consistently on this. Um, let's end with this because I just had this feeling that today, today feels like an enormous day in Bears history, to be honest with you. January 13, 2021. How often do you think we're going to look back at this press conference? The 90 minutes of audio that we have? Because the weird thing is, I can still see a scenario where Pace and Nagy dig themselves out of this. I think I've made that perfectly clear. Like I think that they've they they didn't they've done enough where if they had been fired, it would have been hard to argue against it. That you being mean, said, I think they've done enough where you can make the argument as much as the Bears failed to do today. Say, you mean everything you you would have said in today's news conference? I, I think that you you there 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 is and continues to be a path where Ryan Pace and Matt Nagy can dig you out of this. And there's a lot of people probably hear me say that and disagree. And that was the pre- that was the podcast I thought we were going to have today. It's not the one we ended up with. Instead, we ended up with a disaster, a major questions at the top of the organization, which some of us have been trying to tell you about for a while. So do I think we'll be looking back at this? I don't know. Can I see what they do at quarterback first? Maybe. I think we're going to hold them to what they said today. Like, there are a few lines today from Ryan Pace and even Ted Phillips that highlight the importance of the quarterback position. That felt good. Yeah. You got to get it right. And to, to have that at least take some precedence today, I, I thought that was important, or at least for good for them to share that. But I know what you're saying. I do think there's some emotion still attached to this podcast, to this podcast, to, to to this press conference today, and I like to see what they do at quarterback first, because that's it. That's everything. You got to find them. You got to find out who that guy is. Yeah. See, I just have this gut feeling that we're gonna be um, 
I don't know when it's going to happen. It may be next year, maybe two years, but there's going to be changes at the top. And I think a lot uh, we're going to be referencing this podcast, you know, quite frankly, not unlike what led to Ted Phillips getting his job as president and CEO, the Dave McGinnis disaster. I'm not the first person to bring that up today. That I mean, that's how bad this really went. Well, that was a debacle too because they like hired the wrong coach. <laughs> like, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. Well, they tried to get their coach the, bailed on him. Like, right. Yeah. But for yes. reasons yes. that were caused by what they were trying to make him do. Yeah. It was. I mean. Well. I I feel bad for Bears fans. I I, I really do. It's unfortunate. Um, in some ways, I feel bad for for Pace and Nagy. However, on the flip side, George and Ted kind of created some cover for them today because <laughs> all of a sudden the the spotlight has shifted. Uh, the blame game has shifted a little bit, and maybe know. that was the master plan. Maybe all along, probably not. Uh, seems unlikely, but hey. All right. Well, it's officially the off season. We will we'll be, be back to- with maybe one more podcast for the weekend. Maybe a podcast for the weekend. Maybe. Well, they got to find a new DC. We haven't mentioned Chuck Pagano the whole podcast. That's right. They got to fire. They got to fire. They got to hire his replacement, Jay Rogers. I'd like, to, I'd like to see Jay Rogers get his chance. He's, he's done a such a coach. phenomenal job, and I think he's the best defensive line coach in football. So, um, oh, I've heard some good things about Mark DeLeon, too. He's been mentioned in some college, like uh, some potential college DC jobs, and uh, he's still pretty young. And hey, maybe he's like Brandon Staley. Okay, so I. If I had to guess right now, I'd say the Bears are going to end up hiring from within, but we'll see what happens. All right. Well, in the meantime, we will be on top of it. Follow us on Twitter at Adam Hogue, H-O-G-E, at Adam Johns, J-A-H-N-S, and read our reaction. It's up. Johns is trying to solve the quarterback. I'm always trying to solve the quarterback I was say, stuff. I'm not gonna look. I, I appreciate what you wrote. I saw I, when it popped up on Twitter. I was like, "You wrote about the quarterbacks again? You need to be obsessed to get it right." No, I know they need to be multiple shots, swings. Go get the quarterback. Fix Figure it. Figure out a way to do it. Cap brought up how the Seahawks signed Matt Flynn and then drafted Russell Wilson. Oh, <laughs> the Bears could only hope. Right. Well, I'm no. But heck, even Washington, Pray. they drafted RG3 and Kirk Cousins in the same draft. Guess which one turned out to be the better quarterback? Watch this be the year that they sign somebody and draft two guys. Fine. And I, keep I, Foles. I don't care if they use all eight draft picks on quarterbacks. You would care. You would care. I, I will defend it. <laughs> no, you would care. Then we, could have a, then we could have a quarterback competition like the kicker competition. Yes. Now we're on to something. All eight guys out there. Judge every single throw. That would be fun as hell. <laughs> Let's Not do happening. it. Oh, I long for a day where we can actually be at House Hall doing that type of stuff. 
Oh, Hopefully, man. Get Cause, cause one of my most vivid memories of that is the equipment guys going into the marsh to retrieve balls that were errantly <laughs> kicked. <laughs> I know, like, could you, you envision that, that for errant passes that were airmailed? <laughs> yes, actually, I can envision that. I, if it's a Bears quarterback competition, I can. Uh, did the president get impeached again? He did. Yeah. Well, what a day. Okay. All right. Um, you can read my column up at NBCSportsChicago.com. Try to stay positive, Bears fans. It's hard. I know. But we appreciate your passion, and we appreciate that you keep listening to this podcast. And uh, if you have it in your heart to spread the word, I know it seems hard right now. But please tell a friend about the Hogan Johns podcast. We really do appreciate you. We appreciate our voicemails. And thanks to our producer, Kent Garrison, for turning those voicemails around so quickly today. He did a great job. He always does a great job. And we will talk to you in a few days. See ya. Y'all stay corona-free, all right? And God bless.